Hello everyone and welcome to the Impulse Control Experiment. I am Joel Harrison here as always. I do appreciate you joining me to keep me accountable. Uh, back by myself again this evening and um, first things first, uh, I'm kind of laughing to myself here because I would have started about 20 minutes ago. Um, not that you're listening live, but I would have started about 20 minutes ago, but I had some technical difficulties. And by technical difficulties, I mean I had my mic turned on, I had my computer program ready to go, and um, I didn't have my headphones plugged in. So I'm sitting there looking over the computer, restarting it, why is this, that, and the other, tapping on the mic, why can't I hear myself in my headphones? It took me about 15 minutes to figure out that they are not plugged in. So yeah, that's how that's how I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> so... Um, let's see today, really good day. Uh, went and did the, went and did the car shopping. Was pretty sure I was going to come home with a new car, but just couldn't make the deal. Um, to be perfectly honest, this comes back to my, my money things, um, which it wasn't an anxiety thing. It was just, I had a price that I wanted to pay for a car and I may have chosen a little bit more car for the money that I wanted to spend. Uh, and now I had to come back home and do a little more research and see if I want to spend that money, um, which, you know, in all honesty, you're not the sales guy. So I might tell you that eh, I might stick around for a couple of days and see if he calls me back and says, hey, let's make that deal. And if he doesn't, uh, at the same time, I may be the one to crack and go back and make that same deal. So solid car, solid price. Everything's good. Um, it's just a little bit more than I initially wanted to spend. But sometimes you got to actually pay for some quality. So I'm not really afraid of doing that. Let's see what else is going on. Um, had an awesome conversation with my wife today, uh, which is very, very prevalent. If you happen to be going through change with someone else. Uh, so we were listening to a Facebook live with a good friend of mine, uh, Ryan Sharaba, who is a relationship counselor out in, um, Hawaii. And he has a podcast, uh, known as First Wake Ups with Ryan Sharaba. And if you get a chance to check him out, I would check him out. Uh, he talks with a woman named Amber about some things in her past. And it's basically, you know, six or seven episodes of hour-long coaching sessions. And it's funny. It's poignant. He makes awesome points. Uh, it's I just love listening to the guy work. And Amber is awesome. So just, just something to think about if you're looking for a new podcast. Uh, of course, I appreciate you keep plugging away with mine, but I, I wouldn't say only listen to my voice. So check Ryan out sometime if you get the chance. Again, that's first wake ups. But um, so he was talking today about with a couple of people about um, relationships and how to manage those. And it was just kind of this whole thing about voicing your opinion, voicing what you need. Um, and just to take something real quick from, from him, I won't get too deep into it because it was his conversation, not mine, but he was talking about how he had a little bit of an issue in his household and he didn't feel like, um, like he was getting what he needed. And he expressed that to his wife a few days after he started to feel that way, as opposed to sitting around here and saying, you know, four months from now, it blowing up and exploding into a huge fight. And it was so timely and poignant because that's what I've been working on, you know, as I've been sharing with you guys, is kind of that immediate calm expression of emotion as opposed to letting life well up until I explode. And you know, we're on a pretty fast progression of change here, but I feel like I haven't had one of those explosive moments in, you know, a good handful of days now. Hopefully that I'm getting away from them and starting to get to that point with Holly where I just say, you know, hey, that comment that you just made uh, upset me or, you know, this thing that's been going on uh, needs to be dealt with. And, you know, she she even came up with another point that said something to the effect of like, how are you supposed to know if, if one person doesn't express what's going on and why they're uncomfortable? You know, you just kind of expect that person to know why you're uncomfortable and why you're mad and you don't say it. And I've said this many times in my life, like I'm not a mind reader, even even me being a hypnotist and some things might think that that's some form of mind control, but it's not. But one thing that I'm definitely not is a mind reader. And if we have a problem between the two of us, you need to express that 
in a calm, clear, commutative manner instead of waiting and just exploding because um, I'm, you know, because you're mad. Um, I had a roommate in college and all of a sudden, you know, we, we had some issues. There was somebody that he invited into the house that couldn't pay the bills. And so I became very cynical on that. Um, but I put my cards on the table. That was why I was upset. And then, you know, here comes a couple months later and he wants to move out. And I get a message through someone else about, you know, all these various things that I had been doing that he was displeased with. But at not one point had those things been communicated with me. And I think that, and, and that's why they were never fixed. You know, I very much do what I'm going to do um, until you tell me it bothers you. And if it bothers you, then I can fix it very quickly because I don't like to do things that bother people, but I do like to do what I like to do. Um, so I can be accommodating if you just communicate on that. So just really something poignant that, that probably doesn't need to take up the whole episode, but just something to think about in your relationships. Like, how often do you keep that information hidden and buried down into your, you know, into your gut or, and then, and then how does that work? Does that keep you mad? Does that then explode later on and make something bigger and worse? Um, how does that go for you? So maybe something to think about in your own relationships, in your own life, um, maybe something to implement. Something else that happened yesterday that was super cool. Um, so I know we talked about mental exercise a few days ago and I did a form of mental exercise yesterday that I've never done. And it was the, one of the craziest things that I've, that I've ever done. Um, so yesterday, last night, about six to 8 PM for two hours, Holly and I went to a yoga studio and did breath work and a gong bath. And this was one of the most interesting experiences um, of my life. And so the breath work is essentially just a different way of breathing. So we just laid down on the floor on a yoga mat with a bolster under my knees. Um, and we just started breathing in a way. It's just kind of a, a hard, forced, quicker breath in and then a relaxed breath out. So um, if I can move my, I'm going to move my little my little mic thing here so you can hear me breathe a little bit better. It was something to the effect of, or wait, that's backwards. Let me do that again. It was something to the effect of, and it's an open mouth breath. And it was just this interesting thing. And, and, and through that process of something that, that happened was, was a complete physical change just from breathing a different way and almost a I mean had a really hallucinogenic quality to it I didn't per se see exact things um, but you know some some different moving color patterns and light patterns and stuff I had my eyes closed the whole time but then my body reacted really strangely to this so like if you think about that feeling like when your foot falls asleep so my entire body had that not that like painful pins and needles uh fall asleep that you get sometimes but kind of like that without the you know on a less uncomfortable scale but it was my entire body and my the weird physical thing that happened was that my hands and feet locked up. So I had this experience with my, with my father. If you've ever seen somebody who is, is ill, my dad had a, a really terrible form of dementia. Um, if you've ever seen somebody that's ill and like their hands kind of seize up and they kind of, their fingertips kind of come together. Um, like, I don't really know a better way to describe it than that. But as I was going through this process, I was of course conscious that that was happening and it was not comfortable, but I could move my arms at like the shoulders or like the elbows, but I was completely, uh, there's a word that we use in, in hypnosis where something is stuck and, and won't move is called cataleptic or, or the, the, the process of catalepsy. Um, so I would refer to this as, as being completely cataleptic from the, elbows down except for I also had that really uncomfortable and like I wish that I was doing this one on video as opposed to the one yesterday I did with Nicholas on video because I could show you the way my hands were but like you know if you take your thumb and you almost put it um, like you touch the middle of your ring finger and bring your pinky to the side of it like almost like that almost clutched up like if you had a claw like 
And I couldn't, I couldn't, I mean, I was trying, I was still doing the breathing and staying in the breathing so that I didn't ruin the exercise. But there were times where I was literally trying to unclasp my hands and I couldn't. Um, and I felt my feet were tensed up that way as I wasn't really trying to move my feet as much, but there were some times where I moved, I started with my hands like kind of on my hip bones. So when I meditate, when I do my, my chakra clearings and things like that, um, sometimes I'll put my thumbs in the band of my pants, um, and like kind of sit them on my pelvis or just hold them there in that area. Um, and so in doing that, I was like, okay, well maybe if I, if I move them out. And so I kind of moved them out to the side, um, kind of just, you would in that, you know, that traditional meditation pose where pose where you make little circles of your hands. Um, and I was holding them out to the side, except for I couldn't open my hands up to make those little circles. My, my other hands, my other fingers were still tight in there. And it was the craziest, one of the craziest physical experiences I've ever had. Um, and then in between when we were transitioning from the breath work to the gong work, um, I was breathing with an open mouth and my mouth became very dry. I did have a drink close by. So as I went ahead and took that chance to pop out a little bit out of the trance and and have a drink, uh, to make myself more comfortable for the rest of the experience. And, um, as I did that, I, I mean like, so if you've ever imbibed a psychedelic, um, you know, kind of like the way your body feels and everything's a little bit more flowy and sometimes you're a little bit heavier and just like the motor skills aren't quite there. Um, I mean, it seriously took me like seven tries to get this lid back on this bottle. Um, you know, just, just a little sparkling, little flavored sparkling water that I was drinking. Um, and it was difficult. And I don't even think when imbibing psychedelics that I've, that my body has felt that way. Like it was it was intense. And in talking to Holly about her experience, it was very interesting. Uh, I'm not going to share anything that she went through. Uh, she will be on the podcast at some point in time in the future if she would like to talk about some of that. Um, but both of us had experiences where, you know, she visualized something and I just thought a lot about something um, where this caused us to really deal with some deep seated issues. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Uh, first of all, I will say this. If you ever get a chance to go experience doing some breath work, uh, go check it out. Like, and, and yes, it sounds weird. Yes, it was weird. And for me to, her and I, to get in the car. And I mean, I even went and bought some comfier pants because I was like, I'm not going to go do two hours of meditation in jeans. And the only comfy house pants I have are like these eight-year-old, green plaid ugly grossness and I'm like I'm not going out in public in those so so I even went and bought a new pair of like comfortable pants to wear to this thing um but I mean we even we pushed outside our comfort zone and I know a couple of episodes ago when I was talking about finding your passion I really expressed like get out of your comfort zone and go find something that that maybe you're you're not used to um this was way outside my comfort zone. This is probably one of the quote unquote weirdest things that I've that I've done is to just go lay down in a room with maybe 20 other people and just breathe um, and have a woman kind of instruct the breathing. And then um, after that, another woman just banging on a gong for a while and the way they kind of explained it is the breathing brings up a lot of things and then the gong uh kind of vibrates it all loose kind of like if you had some dirt in a straw and you tapped it on the side and then the dirt will tend to fall out so um and and i'll tell you this we had a really nice day um going car shopping was a little stressful and neither one of us landed in that stressful mindset so I highly, highly recommend doing something like that. If you find someone in your area that can that can push you to do those kind of things, uh, grab a friend just to walk through the door with you because as soon as you lay down and close your eyes, it's a personal journey. But it, it is good to have a friend go with you so that when you walk in, you know, you're not that deer in headlights and you're alone. And, you know, so if you can find somebody and, and you know, I kind of saw this thing on the calendar early 
in November or maybe even uh, late in October. And I'm like, oh, that that's outside my comfort zone. That's something exploring my mind and doing more mental exercise that I haven't done before. And I kind of thought that's exactly what this is going to be. And it came to day of and Holly and I were both waffling on whether to do it. And I said, nope, you know what? This is what we're doing. This is what this month is about. Let's go. Um, and so we went and I, I'm super happy I did. Um, and that's going to bring me to, to what I want to talk about tonight. Like I said, uh, some things, some, some heavy things were brought up in that, that I needed to process. And that's kind of, you know, it's kind of what I want to talk about is dealing with your heavy shit. Um, and I don't really know, you know, I could say, I could say dealing with your stuff, um, but it is, it is shit. You know, when you have those heavy things in your past that you don't want to deal with, you don't like to deal with, you know, maybe you have some trauma back there that you have hidden away. You know, you've tucked deep inside a, a chest, locked in the vault back in your, in your head. And you think that, that you just never think of it, or you think that you can just bury it down every time when you do think about it. Um, but I want to express the importance of finding a way to honestly and truly deal with your shit. Um, and so I'm going to deal with, with a little bit of my shit at the moment. And this is uh, this is going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a heavy one. And so what, what happened to me and, and why I, I, I came away from this experience so, so deeply and fully, um, and impressed by it is I think that there was a reason that my hands locked up like that. Um, as I said, my, my dad, uh, had a pretty rough, quick form of dementia. It's called frontal temporal dementia. And it's not quite like Alzheimer's where you slowly begin to forget things over a period of years and years and years. Um, I think from diagnosis to the time that he passed away, it was maybe two years, maybe 18 months. And it's more of a behavioral change. So he, you know, just was not acting like himself anymore and just regressed from being a you know, confident, busy businessman to just a guy that, um, eventually would just make mistakes. Uh, he would do things that didn't make sense. Uh, he didn't have control of his morals anymore. He didn't understand, um, moral guidelines and things like that. It's a really, really rough form of dementia and really kind of, uh, after a while, you know, he had to move into the nursing home and be on 24 hour care. And then after that, he was completely, um, either bedridden or in a wheelchair. And then eventually he passed there in the nursing home. And I feel like through that process, so through that process, I definitely had a lot to deal with. I had a lot of personal emotions about how often I visited him And could I have been there more often and could I have cared for him better and could I have, you know, done more things to be helpful through that process? Um, I definitely, you know, the answer to that is, is just, yes, absolutely. I could have. So he had a wife at the time who was doing a lot of that work and, as his status deteriorated, she decided to take more and more advantage of his situation, which was something that probably could could have been prevented with, um, closer monitoring, you know, and I have a couple of brothers and and they were doing their thing and, and they were there and I was there, but you know, in, in my personal opinion, was I there less than I could have been? Absolutely. Could I have done more? Absolutely. Um, so that's one thing that I regularly struggle with. And to be honest, it has given me something that fuels me, but also something that holds me back and keeps me terrified is, is that idea of being in that situation. You know, first of all, the, the dementia, which if that comes my way, I, I have a plan on how I'm, I'm going to handle that. And I've discussed that with my wife and, and that it just is what it is. Um, but the other thing is, is for whatever reason, ending up in that state where you are in a nursing home 
and incapacitated and at the complete mercy of others is 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 terrifying for me i mean is completely and absolutely terrifying to me and it's one of the things that you know while on some level it's one of the things that drives me you know that keeps me like hey i need to get this business going i need to do these things because our our clocks are limited you know our time is limited on this earth and um I do need to be more productive and better so that I can better manage that time. I also need to be put myself in a more in a better financial state so that when I do get older and reach that state where I'm not able to work as hard or if at all that I'm not forced to. Um you know a lot of times I go out places and I see um people that are much older than me, people that are my mother's age like bagging groceries. And that really bothers me. Um, and I think that they stem from that same, that same kind of place. And so at one point that, uh, on one point that drives me, but on another point, that's fear that cripples me and holds me back, um, in some points. And so that's, that's one thing that this experience led me towards. And I think that's why my brain put my, put my hands in that position is because my father's hands are in that position and I needed to deal with the fact that I could have been better to him. And I also need to deal with the fact that while I love my father very, very much, he could have been better to me and to my family and to my brothers and to my mother, especially. Um, so we had, I grew up, you know, very comfortable, pretty, pretty well off. Um, both my parents made a decent amount of money. I lived in a good size house, you know, had a, had a, my own bedroom. Um, we always had things to do. I always had the, the newest video game system and we actually lived on a lake and had some boats to play with and things like that. So I didn't grow up needing or wanting really for anything. And if I did, um, I got it without too much fuss on the things that I needed and wanted. Um, However, my father always taught me the value of work. I started working in his restaurant um, at the age of 13. And just he just kind of, in, even though I was able to make a lot of excuses and, and I didn't work as hard as I could have through those early years. I mean, I was a child. I probably shouldn't have been working as hard as I was. But at the same time, um, he did instill those, those values of, of work in me. But... You know, I love my father very much and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without um, his guidance and without him. He was a hypnotist and I followed him around and played music for him at his shows that he did. Um, it wasn't his, his job. He owned restaurants as his number one job, but he was very into psychology. He had a degree in family psychology, a master's degree actually. And, and um, so he got really into hypnosis when he kind of hit that 40, 45 year old, um, maybe even a little sooner than that. I, I don't know. I was young. Um, but when he kind of hit that midlife crisis time, he started dabbling in hypnosis and, and really searching for, um, the answers, whatever the answers are. And I didn't understand that until recently, you know, and I, I just thought he was just going on vacations and just really weird. And I didn't get that until recently when I have started to dive into those things. And I feel this, immense connection with my father now, uh, now more than I ever have. And that's really hard because he's gone and I would love to be in the headspace that I'm in now and, and have conversations with him. And I would love for the, just the immense power that would be inside s sitting in his class. He used to teach an empowerment class where you would walk, where you would walk on fire. You'd walk on glass. You'd take a piece of rebar and do not do this because it is very dangerous, especially if you grab the wrong piece of rebar, but with the right piece of rebar and with the right, he used to do it with a piece of rebar and, and, a, and an arrow, right? A small wooden arrow. And these things are so they're, they're weak. You know, they're things that can be very strong, but if you get them in the right sizes, they're very weak. So they do not put up much resistance. But if you, if you touch your throat and you move your throat down to where your throat meets your collarbone, there's that little U there. 
they would do an exercise where they would put these things right there and you would step into them and the arrow would break and the rebar would bend. And like, seriously, do not do that because if you use the wrong piece, it'll go right through and you'll die. So don't do that. You know, but if you ever find somebody who's leading a seminar, who is a practice professional, um, there's immense power in overcoming that fear of doing that. And I had, I had the opportunity to take that class. I had some friends in high school that took that class with him. And, um, I, I just, I didn't see it at the time. I didn't see the importance. I didn't understand why you would want to do that. Um, I didn't see the whole picture. And so I missed that opportunity. And I think that, you know, I don't, I don't really exactly know where the issues with my father lie, but I know that somewhere back in all of this stuff, telling all of these stories about my father, that there, that there are some issues and there, and there was definitely, there's some regret, um, I guess that I need to let go of about not being able to interact with him on this level, uh, especially now that I'm so immersed in this life and I'm trying to do change work in hypnosis and help people. And I see the value in these other modalities. I mean, the dude went and learned to teach people to walk on fire on, on the top of Mount Olympus. How freaking cool is that? How great of an opportunity is that? And what I didn't see, you know, I was like 17, 16, 17, 18 at the time that these things were going on. And so there was like two pieces of this puzzle because on one hand, he was doing all this cool stuff. He learned fire walking and glass walking and how to teach it to people. And he was exploring. I don't even know what he was exploring. I have his, I have his library, um, was one of the things that I was lucky enough to get. And I have books on massage. I have books on hypnosis. I have books on, um, um, Native American rituals and their healing practices. And I have a whole library full of tons of crazy shit. And it's just like, how much did he know about this? And even when I talk to people as I'm, as I'm getting deeper into the, the hypnosis community, I talk to people who are extremely successful hypnotists who knew my father and regarded him even though he was a he was a restaurateur like my opinion of my father until maybe the last 8 months was that as a hypnotist he was just did you know he was just a, a he just practiced and he just liked to be hypnotized himself so he went to the conventions and stuff but that's not who my father was i mean my father didn't really do much half assed um people knew him and people talk about him and knew his life and and when i run into somebody They ask me how I got into hypnosis and I tell them that and they ask me who my father was and I tell them and they know who he was and just the fact that I missed the opportunity to connect with him on that level um, is something that up until now I haven't even realized. I mean like seriously up until now until I just turned on this microphone and just started talking that, that I didn't realize that I have a deep regret on not connecting with him on that level when he and I have so much in common. I'm so much like him. And this is what I mean by, this is what I mean by dealing with your shit is like, sometimes you think you're okay on something and and I'm relatively okay on this subject, but at the same time, um, I guess I had all these, I guess I had these feelings that I haven't realized yet. And I realized that my breaks between words are a little bit long here and I'm choosing my words carefully. And I'm also doing my best to control myself because, uh, I told you guys that sometime through this process, I was going to cry into this microphone and I'm right on the edge. So if I have a, a little tremble here. That's why, but that that's why I'm doing this is so that you can know that it's okay to do this and it's okay to deal with these things and it's okay to, to talk about them and, and, so 
I do have that regret, but that regret doesn't serve me. It doesn't do anything but hold me back. And I think really taken, I think last night was a huge step in stepping into his world and moving into what he thought and the way he felt and why he did all this. And like I said earlier, when I was 16, 17, 18, I, I thought, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You know, you're going to... Greece, you're going to California, you're going to um, New Hampshire for hypnosis conventions, you own restaurants, none of that has anything to do with what you actually do in your life. Um, oh yeah, and by the way, your family is falling apart, and at this time, I think you're a total asshole. And, you know, that brings me to like this big crux of, of my dad is like, I idolize my father, and I love him very much, but while he was a good father 90% of the time to me and he tried really hard he was not faithful to my mother um and i think i have a big i think that as a child i had or as a teenager i had a big issue with that and i think that put this big block for me and see, okay, so here we go, guys. Here's here's something. Here's why you need to deal with your shit. Here's why you need to talk about it. is because is the reason that I've never dove headfirst into hypnosis because I've known this, and is the reason that I haven't done things like the other modalities and the strange stuff like the breath work that I did last night or the Reiki that I'm currently exploring, which is immensely powerful and going to make me um, a stronger person both emotionally and energetically is the reason that I've shied away from those things is that I have these issues with my father who is the you know who is up until recently was the guy that I knew with all the the um, information I wouldn't, I don't know if it's expertise. I mean, yeah, it has to be expertise. He was teaching classes, you know, so on some level, he was definitely an expert in some of these things. And is the reason that I have avoided them the fact that he was so into them? And then I have this big problem. Like I said, when he was really getting into them, I mean, there's some amazing conversations that could have had. And don't get me wrong, I had some amazing conversations with my father through the years, but. Did I have up until now like a block on on him and on doing these things because while these things were going on, he was separated from my mother. He was living in a separate house. Um, he had, you know, multiple, multiple girlfriends and um, just was was just doing some things that I, I couldn't support. And there was a lot of animosity in those years. And at least from probably the time I was, oh, 16 or something like that until maybe my sophomore, maybe even my junior year of college, maybe my third year of college, I really feel like he finally started to reach out and try to reconnect and we did reconnect and we made, you know, everything was fine. And I've come back even now to a place where I really idolize my father. But I really had to, I mean, I really had to get metaphorically punched in the face to realize that I had issues with my father. And if you've ever heard me talk about uh, my mentor, um, Paul Ramsey, he has this great ability to be you know, soft and caring when it's necessary. And when you need metaphorically punched in the face, um, he'll do that for you. And to give you that, you know, snap realization. Um, I remember the exact moment that I was just floored by the fact that I had issues that I didn't even realize, you know, cause we hold issues in our subconscious. We hide issues in our subconscious from ourself. And if you're not getting in there and dealing with things, then you don't realize that you, that you have these issues. And, he was saying, this is funny. It was during my hypnosis training. I'm in his house. Um, I, I mean, I can know exactly where, which chair I was sitting in, you know, and, and what was going on and all that. Um, it's a very vivid memory. And he, we were having a, a discussion and he said, every, 
every person that I know that has or claims to have ADD had some kind of messed up childhood. And I was like, whoa, dude, like I can't, I can sit here and say that I can't agree with that because I know for a fact that I've never, I've never been diagnosed. I'm not a big uh, doctor guy, but I said, I, I, I don't, I have ADD and you know, I grew up in this nice house and we had, I didn't want for anything. And you know, I, I feel like, I feel like that's not true. You know, I, I feel like I don't have, I don't have trauma in my childhood. <laughs> and this exact conversation, he turns around and he looks me straight in the face and he goes, dude, you sat in my car last night on the way back to your hotel and told me about the time that you realized that your dad had seven girlfriends at one time and he's treating your mother that way. And you're going to tell me that you don't have a fucking problem with that. <laughs> and I mean, my, my jaw hit the floor and I just immediately realized that that there's some, you know, that I had some shit that I need to deal with. And I have dealt with that shit in various ways um, over the last, you know, eight months or so since that conversation was had. But even here in this conversation, I'm talking about some things that I don't really know if, if, and, you know, I've dealt with yet. So... You know, so that's the thing is I have this this crux when it comes to my father that I feel like has held me back and I don't know on what level. I don't know if that, you know, is that why I'm, you know, or is that why up until now, and I do mean up until now because with this experiment, one of the things that I have fixed is I am not lazy anymore. Man, I am work, work, work from the time I get up. You know, I mean, I'll say today I went car shopping and then came home and took a nap and played video games. But, uh, so I guess I'm not all work, work, work. I still have some work to do on that, but I am a thousand times more productive than I was before this experiment started. Um, and of course that is yet to be seen how we do after the experiment and if I can continue that. But on some level, is that something about, about my father? Oh, oh God. <laughs> I love sitting in front of this microphone and just talking cause I don't get to do that. So check this out. What if the reason that I have never pursued that up until now I haven't fully pursued this career in hypnosis is that I have some kind of hidden worry that being successful in this manner, this gift that he directly gave me will somehow make my family and my relationship with my wife less successful or somehow that those two things are connected because this is the crux. This is, this is the crux of, of my dad is like, he was a successful businessman. He put together, uh, you know, he, he allowed me to be raised with, um, financially a nice life, but not so, you know, emotionally. And, you know, the, the, there's of course some animosity for the way he treated my mother. Um, and so like, what if, what if that's it? You know, we don't ever realize why we don't always realize unless we dig in and deal with our shit on, on what's happening. So as I'm sitting here talking to you, that makes, that makes subconsciously a lot of sense on, you know, because when I first started working with Paul, he had this big thing or we, we did this big, um, exercise about my needs and putting them together and it kind of all came down to the big question was, what am I afraid of? And still, I have been able, I've not been able to consciously realize what it is that I'm afraid of. So what if on some level, I'm afraid that success in this form because you know, your subconscious doesn't always make sense, especially things that happened when you're a child, and you're not emotionally mature enough to logically handle them. So what if somewhere diving into these modalities and diving into all these ideas is connected to my father and, you know, success there means failure in other ways. Um, because that is, that is a lot of the crux. That's, that's how I feel when I talk about my father 
Sorry, got to do a little, got to do a little nose check here. It's getting a little emotional up in here in the office. So, I really hope my mic's not good enough for you to hear me wipe my nose. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that's it. And, and you know, sitting here in front of this microphone doing this, like whatever format you need to do it is 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 deal with your shit. And. I think that's that last night stirred that up, you know, the gong helped knock some of it loose, but I think that there's, that there's a true, a true time sometimes to just talk about it and just to start open your mouth and let it fall out. And I've always said that I want this podcast to essentially write itself and throughout, throughout the, the afternoon or through last night when I realized what, you know, I was trying to choose my topic for today. I thought it was time. I've known that that this is going to be on the podcast at some point in time. And this is going to be an episode that that would be difficult to do. But I think just getting this off my chest in this discussion that I've never, you know, here I am putting it out to minimum, you know, there's, there's a minimum of like 75 people that have been listening to my, to my podcast. And and I have, have pushed through multiple episodes. And if you're one of those people, like, I have so much gratitude for you. I'm so appreciative of you because it's you that's helping push me through this experiment. Um, it's you that's helping making me keep doing this. And I just, I appreciate you so greatly and deeply. And I know like maybe five, eight people that have reached out to me and say that they're listening and that, that, that it helps. So that means that you know, there's 60 complete strangers that I'm just dumping my heart out to right now. And sometimes that's how you do it. Sometimes that's the format that you need. Um, sometimes you need some cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, traditional talk therapy. Sometimes you need to um, talk and then if you have some kind of actual imbalance, you need some medication. Uh, if you have some shit you want to deal with, hypnosis is really great for that. Um so we do kind of, so how that kind of works is we do kind of traditional, a little bit of traditional talk therapy. And basically what I'm looking for in that process is your words to deal with your shit. Um, and as I take your words down, um, then we go back and we revisit those things and we'll revisit those events in your mind and look at them, you know, now that you've survived, look at them with the tools that you have gained and the perspective that you have gained and reframe them in the subconscious mind to actually allow you to move forward and take those as positive experiences. So, you know, my reframe on this is like, yeah, do, do, did, did I have this issue with my father that creates this interesting intersection between you're awesome and you're a shithead um because that's really how i feel about my dad um i love my dad very very much and i miss him so much and especially now like if i could just if i could see if he could see that um finally taking what he gave me and moving forward with it and where I'm going to take it and what I know I'm going to accomplish with this. I don't, I don't think that he could be more proud. And sometimes my brother and I talk about that because he's an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. He owned restaurants and my brother's an entrepreneur. He's a dog trainer and he's doing very well for himself and he's about to be doing, you know, literally two, three times better in the next few years. I mean, making a life for himself and making people's lives and relationships with their dogs better and improving his life in the process. And if he could just see where we landed and how we're doing and how hard we're working, that'd be pretty cool. But you can't. And so like, that's a really tough it's a really tough thing to handle sometimes. And so like sometimes all I want is just to just to have a conversation. That'd be cool. But sometimes the only image I have of my father is him laying in that nursing home bed. And I don't really so 
when I meditate and when I think about things and when I use hypnosis, um, visualization is not my primary modality. Um, but you know, tactile sense, I can feel things, uh, that aren't there and then auditory. So if I've had a conversation with you, I'm very good at remembering the way your voice sounds. Sometimes when I hear myself laugh, I hear my dad's voice. Other than that, I don't really remember. I can't hear his voice anymore. I miss that. So, that's my shit. That's a lot of my shit. I have more shit. I have shit that's happened as an adult. I'm sure I have more shit that happened when I was a kid. I don't really know what it is right now. I don't really know what what it would be. And I think that's enough shit for today. But one thing... When I also had that conversation with my mentor about having a good childhood and getting metaphorically punched in the face, he also said this, with which resonates deeply and wholly with me. And I always try to tell people as well, is that trauma or your shit, whether you call it trauma or not, doesn't have weight You can't put it on a scale and see how much it weighs. You can't look at your neighbor or your best friend and weigh their trauma against yours. It's more like a gas. And it grows to fill its container. So you are the container. And whatever your shit is, is going to affect you in the way that your shit affects you. So just because it wasn't, you know, physical or sexual or something like that, or just because your parents told you they loved you, doesn't mean that there wasn't some kind of trauma created along the way. And it doesn't mean that your trauma or your shit, if you want to refer to it that way, is any less important or any less impactful than someone else's. And so we often think, well, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty well-rounded person and I didn't have anybody, you know, touch me inappropriately as a child or, you know, maybe you did. And if if that's your shit, then that's your shit and you need to find uh, probably a professional to help you deal with that. And... But just because, you know, there wasn't one event that you might not even remember that's nowhere near on a scale of, you know, zero to ten as bad doesn't mean that it doesn't have a deep impact on you. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be dealt with. So deal with your shit. And however you choose to do that, whether that's with a therapist, whether that's with a counselor, whether that's with a hypnotist, whether that's through Reiki, whether that's through any other, you know, modalities, whether that's just sitting down with your friend and going like, hey, can you just, can you just listen today and, and be like, I want to tell you some things, but I need you to be non-judgmental. And I need you to just say, okay, because we do need to be careful with our friends because sometimes our friends aren't as versed in, in hearing things and they will pass judgment or they will maybe tell you how you should deal with those things. And that's not always, always the best. So you want to make sure you do protect yourself a little bit. Um, but that being said, if you have somebody that you know and you feel comfortable with that can help you through those things and that's the person you feel like talking to then talk to them you know get it out and I did this 
for two reasons. One, because like I said, I had some shit to deal with and I still have some shit to deal with. That's not all of it. But at the same time, um, I did this to show you that, you know, I've done this whole podcast to help show you that it's scary. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But it's good. And you can do that. And like I said, by no means, you know, if you have some, if you have what I would consider some, some real trauma in your past, like, I'm not trying to say that, that I'm anywhere, you know, that mine is, is worse as yours or mine is as bad as yours, but I'm saying that I do have some things to deal with. And it's just as hard for me to talk about my things as it is for you to talk about your things. And you can do this. And you can talk about those things. And once you get them out, that big scary monster that's been buried in your subconscious mind comes out. And you can deal with it. And you can let it go. And you can take the lessons that you've learned. And you can move on. And you can realize that you've been dealing with your shit all this time. And it no longer serves you. So you can let it go. And it's okay. And I really feel sitting right here in this moment that that discussion has a lot of this off my chest that I can now let a lot of that go. And that's okay. So, Thanks for sitting with me through this one. Um, I appreciate it. It was probably the toughest one I've done so far. But I feel good about it. And... You know, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that my dad would be too upset with me for the things I said because I still love him and miss him very much. I think about him every day and you know, it's time to, it's time to let the shit that shit go and time to embrace the stuff that's good and move forward with my life and be more successful and be happier and be a better husband and a better friend and a better hypnotist and a better me for me. So again, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for keeping me accountable. Do your best to make every day better than the day before. If you fail, that's perfectly okay because tomorrow's going to be easy. Live with gratitude, celebrate your victories, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.